Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. All right, so uh, we started a couple weeks ago uh, talking about this whole thing. You know, we were going through Galatians. We were talking about following God's leading and being led by the Spirit and walking by the Spirit. And that's really great language, but how do you do it, right? And so we were talking about the fact that the great thing is Jesus showed us how how he leads. So we can look at Jesus and we can see how God will lead us in our lives, okay? And, and I said this, that we're going to talk about three ways that God leads. One is how, how he teaches us. You know, Cassandra was talking about how God was teaching her through this whole season, right? Other ways is how God meets us miraculously uh, and invades our lives with his power through miracles. And then the, second, the third thing is, I can count. The third thing is literally how to follow him in your life. And so we're going to see those. So today we're going to talk about how Jesus teaches us. And um, when, the, when I was asking the Lord where, where to go with this, he said, oh, no problem. We're going to go to one passage that, anybody have passages you've read too many times? Do you know what I'm talking about? You're like, oh no, not again. No, Lord. I'm serious. He said it and I groaned. I was like, no, Lord. We're going to go to Matthew 13 with the parable of the sower. And I was like, Lord, there's nothing new there. (laughs) Oh, don't argue with God. It never goes well. And so I've really been just blown away by some of the stuff that the Lord's been uh, showing me in this. And so I want to say this again. We said this two weeks ago. The whole point of the Bible and the whole point of the gospel is relationship with God. God totally okay by himself, the Holy Spirit, in Trinity, right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, love incarnate, decided to make room to invite us in. It says we're united with God in Christ. It says the fullness of God. And so all of this, he is inviting us in, but for relationship to happen, there has to be three things. What What does there have to be? If anybody remembers, you get a gold star. For relationship, can we go to the next slide? There we go. For relation, next one. For relationship, it requires a choice. You have to have freedom. You have to be free to choose. Anybody, anybody, um, oh yeah, that's too real. (laughs) Yeah, we'll just leave that. Anyway, for relationship, you need to have a choice. Anybody, oh well, a great, great example. Um, I I saw this happen a bunch where a guy walks up to a girl and says, God told me you're going to marry me. (laughs) Well, that's good for you. Right? Why? Because she doesn't get a choice. And if she submits to the word of the Lord, it probably isn't going to end well, is it? A relationship requires a choice. The sec- second thing is it requires a cost and it requires a reward. Without a cost, it's not really a relationship. Anybody here, like, I always say this, the relationship only starts at the first argument. Right? Because up to that point, it's like, this is good for you, this is good for me. We're both having a good time. At the point of the first disagreement is the point where you have to decide, do I want this or not? Am I willing to pay the price for the reward of connection? Right? And so what this is the guiding, undergirding of everything. As you look through the, the scriptures, God is constantly saying, 
Like he says to the, the Israelites in Exodus 20, he says, come up to me on the mountain. And, they, and, and so they have to make a choice to come up to God, to overcome their fear of him, to come up that he wants a relationship with him. Instead, what did they say? No, I'm good. They chose not to enter into that relationship. They chose to have a relationship through Moses. Can I ask you a question? Can you have a relationship with someone through another person? It's weird, isn't it? I mean, like, I mean, you know, I've always said this. It's weird if the matchmaker goes on the honeymoon, right? So, so it, the reality is, is the people of Israel stepped away from that. And all of the Bible from Exodus 20 to the coming of Jesus is this thing where the Israelites want the benefits of relationship without the cost. They want the benefit of relationship without choosing him, without relationship. All right. So, whoo. Let's dive in here. Exodus, uh, Exodus. Matthew chapter 13. I was giving you time to find it. Anybody have Bibles? Oh, you make me happy. Oh, come on. I, I will tell you this. No shame if you're reading on a phone. I, would, I will tell you, they've done scientific studies, is you do not retain what you read on a phone or on a tablet or even in a Kindle because your mind res, uh, puts it a specific place on the page. And when the place changes, so I, I for a long time, I was using my, uh, a tablet to do my Bible study, and I realized it wasn't taking. And then I read that study, and I was like, oh, duh. So I would encourage you, if you get a physical Bible, it'd, it'd work well for you. All right, that's a, I don't get any royalties from that. <laughs> All right, so ver, uh, chapter 13 of Matthew, verse uh, one. We're only doing uh, 17 verses here. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such a large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Okay, so we've said this before. You, you've got to ask questions of scripture. Why do you ask questions of scripture? Because you want answers, right? You want to know. The only way you get answers is if you ask questions. Anybody had somebody answer a question you weren't asking? Every parental lecture ever, <laughs> right? Whatever, right? So the thing is, is you've got to ask questions. So, so the thing is, is what, what can we ask of the, these two verses? The first thing is when. What is, what's, what is, what's when? That same day. What day is that? The same day. Same day as what? As that day. Whoa, whoa, we're done here. Like, <laughs> boom, you get a gold star. No, but what, like, why are they telling us it's the same day? What day is it? How would I know? Read before. It's not complicated. But, it, but you don't get a question answered unless you ask it. And so literally, I picked up the Bible, and the Lord's like, go to the parable of the sower. And I'm like, no. Only me? Anybody here? Okay, who are my people? Let's be real. Most of the time when you pick up the Bible to read it, your first initial thing is like chewing rocks. Can I see some hands? Come on, let's... Thank you. People are like, I don't think I'm allowed to say that in church. I have to overcome the lie that I'm not going to encounter God in the scripture every single time I pick it up. Every single time. There's rarely a moment when I'm like... We don't follow feelings, but when we follow him, feelings follow. Okay. 
I mean, anybody here, if you're not a morning person and you're married, love is usually not the first thing that comes off the pillow. <laughs> Just saying. Okay, so that same day, so we read it. So what was that day? That day, we look back and Jesus has a whole lot of fun. Jesus has, verse 22 of chapter 12, he has this encounter where he heals and the Pharisees say he's doing it by whom? The devil. Right? Like, wow, that's your takeaway? That's your takeaway. You're so offended that I heal somebody that you say it's the devil. Wow. Because God's not that good. I've seen that. People are like, well, like, for instance, God's not good enough to, to heal me. God's not good enough to know facts about me. God's not good enough. And that's offensive. Jesus is the very image of the Father. Second, second thing is, then the Pharisees say, okay, 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 okay. We are here. We are the commission for verifying Messiahs. And we, have, we would like to see some signs. Show us some signs. Now, the funny thing is, what did Jesus do just before this? He healed them. While they were waiting, he healed someone. And what do they do? What? They're like, no, 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 no. We want, so here, put it on display. Do you, is God a monkey that you roll out to do tricks? No. No. Right? They have God with skin on, showing the goodness of God, and they want him to do it their way. Anybody have success with God with that? Making God do it things your way? Every time I tell God how I want him to do it, I've just guaranteed how he ain't going to do it. Anybody found that to be true? Like God's like, well, check that one off the list. Any other ideas? Nope. <laughs> Why? Because he's a creative God. If you look at it, he never does a miracle twice in the same way. That's boring. I mean, who but God could come up with, let me see, you're blind. Well, we've done blind before. Something different. Oh, mud. Try that. What? He is a creative God. He loves to do a new thing. And this is one of the things I think, Cassandra, you ran into in your season. Has anybody here tried to give uh, advice to other people? Out of your own wealth of experience, four times this week, today, I mean. Anyway, and in that moment, but God does a unique thing with all of us. That's why our goal is not to give you rules to follow, but to give you a connection with Jesus who will fo you can follow. Oh, so, so, that, so that's that one, right? So we got, we got, we got the people who are offended because he's too good. We have the people who are offended because he doesn't play by the rules. And then we have who? His mama and his brothers roll up. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I know you think you're big and all. Anybody here, you're doing really well till you go home? <laughs> oh, you're the clumsy one, aren't you? That was 43 years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you still poop in your pants? <laughs> no! What is with you? Oh, we remember you ran around naked at that party. I was too! <laughs> right? His brothers, and, and in another place, it tells us they came to do what with him? Do you guys remember? Take him to the loony bin because they thought he was insane. Why? Because he wasn't acting like the person they thought they knew. Anybody here had an encounter with God, was transformed by God, and then you went home to family and they were offended that you were different? Right? They were like, uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. Familiarity breeds contempt. So we have three groups of people who God shows up, God shows off, and they're unable to receive from Jesus that same day, okay? What's the next thing? 
Who, it says he went out of the house. What house? Where? What house? House where he was staying. More than likely, just the way he says this, this is Capernaum. Capernaum is a little town. So, so we got the Sea of Galilee. And he is from Nazareth in Galilee. This is Galilee. And then he, this is Capernaum right here on the Sea of Galilee. And, and, and I was like, I was like, and I thought this, why did Jesus relocate to Capernaum? Yeah, why did he go to Capernaum? Why did he go to Capernaum? You guys enjoying the picture? What's that? Ah, you guys are hilarious. Uh, so, so this is, this is Galilee. And you guys, we are the kindergarten church. Try another picture. Awesome. Do I need to erase this to help you focus? <laughs> All right, there you go. There you go. There you go, class. Wonderful. Lovely. There we go. There we go. You just get a lake now. All right. So the thing about it, he, why did he relocate to this little town of about 1,500 people? Why did he relocate to Capernaum? And I, was, I asked a question. Why did I ask a question? I want to know an answer. Because when you ask questions, you never know what you might get. But better when you ask God questions. This is so important. Anybody here was raised in a family where asking questions got you in trouble? Anybody raised in a church where asking questions got you in trouble? That is not the kingdom. We have a loving father who loves our questions because it's in our questions that we grow. So here it is. So he moves. I'm like, why? And then all of a sudden, I, so I started looking. So I was like, how many people lived in Galilee back then? 200,000 people lived in Galilee. Within about 10 miles of Capernaum, there was close to 200,000 people living within 10 miles. And back then, I, I actually looked at, back then, that would take you about three, hour, three hours to walk there. So in a long summer day of 16 hours of daylight, they could walk, hang out with Jesus for 10 hours and still make it home, right? So 200,000 people, but there was more than that because up here was, this was Tiberias, a big city down here, the capital of Galilee. And up here was a city called Caesarea Philippi that was the capital of this whole region, Batanea. Um, of Philip the Tetrarch. So, so there was really within 30 miles, almost half a million people. This is one of the richest areas of that whole region at that time. So Jesus, God put Jesus right at Capernaum. You think, man, it's just a piddly town, but because he could draw, he said, when he, the son of man is lifted up, he'll do what? Draw all men to himself. And so, so all of a sudden he's, he's just going out of the, you know, in this little piddly town down by the lake and crowds are gathering. Why? Because they've heard of the miracles. And such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it. And this is the thing you discover about God is, he is he's preparing a way before you know it. Because when he, that particular area, it has a rocky shore and he gets into a boat and basically it's a natural amphitheater. And because of the rocks, the sound tra and the water, the sound travels like crazy. So he's got like a PA system that he can talk to thousands at a time. God sets it up all for free. How's that? So, and so he got into a boat while people stood on the shore. All right, moving on. The who is the large crowds that came. Yep. All right, verse three. Then he told them many things in parables. What are parables? 
They're stories that have a point. They're stories that are, you know, uh, like a fable. Or, uh, a, and so saying, a farmer went out to sow seed. Fair enough. Why does he use this? I, one of the things I love is a farmer is a, throughout the world, you can go to a jungle and tell this story and they get it. Even if you live in an urban, who here has ever grown anything from a seed? Right? So it's an experience that everybody can get a hold of. The farmer went out to sow his seed as he was scattering the seed. And again, I ask, why is he scattering? Because they did something called broadcast sowing. They would break up the ground the best they could, but then they would just cast the seed out. And broadcast sowing, the problem with it is, is you don't know what's going to come up, do you? But part of the reason they did that is I'm from Kentucky and we have a new season of rocks in our fields every year. Because just like Israel, it's a huge limestone karst underneath. And what happens is the water seeps in and then it freezes, expands, and rocks float up through the dirt every year. That's why people are like, I love your stone fences. You know, that's just them clearing out the field so that they can... But, but, but they're so, the, they, it's so hard that they don't know where it's going to land. So they just, they cast the seed where they do. All right. He's scattering seeds. Some fell along the path and the birds came and pit, laid it up. And everybody's like, yeah, that's what happens. Some fell on rocky places where it didn't have much soil and it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. I have read this all my life. I never noticed it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. I was like, why is that? You know why? Because a seed has two parts. Some of you didn't know you're getting biology today or botany. So there's a seed. A seed has, a, just like an egg is a seed, right? An egg has what? It has a yolk and a white. There is the de- genetic material, the germ, and then there is basically the white, which is the power to grow. And what happens is when you put a seed, my botany people, what happens? Roots come down and plant goes up, right? We can only hope. But what happens if there's no soil? All the energy goes up. So it looks better, right? Because it's twice as strong until what happens? The power runs out. You got to ask questions. I'm telling you. All right, let's keep rolling. As he was it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because there was no, there, they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns and grew up and choked the plants. Still other seeds, why do, okay. So if I, if I don't weed my garden, what's gonna come up? Bingo, genius. All right, weeds, right? Why is it a problem when weeds come up in my garden? They're going to kill. How do they kill other stuff? They grow faster and stronger. But why don't I want them if they're weeds? Like I remember my dad wanted me to weed out all the dandelions out of my yard as a kid. I'm like, but they're not weeds, they're flowers. (laughs) I wasn't trying to get out of work, no. (laughs) Why didn't my dad want dandelions growing in the front lawn? And they would kill all the grass, right? The, the thing about it is, is that the weeds always grow faster and stronger, but they don't bear fruit. Yep. Still other seed fell. It's actually the reason is it breaks up the soil. So still other seed, but you asked a great question. 
Okay, still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. Now, in that time, in Israel, a good crop was seven times. So what is he talking about? He's talking about fruit. How do you get, if your seed only produces a a seven-fold return, like, because a lot of seed didn't produce, right? So if the seed only produces seven times uh, uh, return, how am I going to get 30, 60, or 100 times? I'm way, oh, this, I know this is the bad part where the teacher knows the answer and everybody's like, I don't know, I know what the answer you're looking for. (laughs) The question is, if I'm only getting a seven times return on my, my initial seed, my initial investment, how am I going to naturally get into, what is it? More seed? So what you take the seven you got and reinvest, replant, Right? Re, so it, what he's talking about is generational increase. He's not talking about one and done. God is never talking about one and done. He's always after that you may grow, that we would go from glory to glory, that there would be abundance, ever increasing abundance. That's his goal. And so he's talking about generational increase. All right. Now that this botany is done, uh, he ends with this wonderful line, whoever has ears, let him hear. Okay, what do you think the people are thinking after this botany lesson? Well, well, they're, <laughs> what, you know, what do you think they're thinking when it's like, like, I mean, they traveled like three hours to come hear the great man of God. Where's the food? Where's the food? <laughs> they're, they're wanting to know what's like, like, and then he's like Captain Obvious. He just told them something that everybody knows, Right? And he says this, whoever has ears, let them hear. What is he saying? He's saying, there's something in there. Now, we know, a lot of us, if you've heard this before, you know where he's going. But guess what? They didn't. So what, were their, what do you think the different responses of the people were at this point? What am I doing here? Come on. This is it? Seriously? There better be good appetizers. What else? Oh, oh, you know the spiritual ones. Oh my gosh. Do you hear that? A sower sowed seed. Did you see what he was doing there? Oh my gosh. You don't have a clue, do you? Oh no, I, I, if I had to tell you, you wouldn't understand. Anybody know that? Where you got a fake, like you've got the answer when you don't got the answer? That's religion for you, isn't it? I'm sure the Pharisees are like, oh, how deep. There are other Pharisees who are like, what an idiot, right? The disciples came to him and asked, why, oh teacher, why do you speak to the people in parables? Why did the disciples come to him and ask? They were worried about the people. We understand, but you can't why help them. I love this. They don't understand, but they're willing to admit that those people don't understand. And that's enough. That's enough. You don't have to have it all together to ask Jesus. You don't have to be perfect. They're asking totally confused. And God's like, that's good enough. You get under the wire. What does he say? He says, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Okay, here's my question. 
Why was it given to the disciples and not to the people? Because they asked. I remember as a kid, I was like, that's so unfair that, God, that Jesus chose 12 disciples. I, I, if I was like number 13, I'd be so mad. <laughs> they chose him. And then he goes, you think you chose me, but I chose you. The reason he had to tell them that he chose them is because he didn't choose them in a way that they understood, duck, duck, goose. He cho they thought they were choosing him because it was their choice to belly up to the bar and say, I don't understand. Mm. All the people who were offended, did they get anything? All the people who were acting spiritual, did they get anything? No. Who got the goods? The ones who are asked. Now, remember what I said. Relationship is about what? It's about choice and what? Cost and reward. So, so here's my question. I can't spell reward. There we go. So what, what's the cost here? What? Being vulnerable. We're, we were talking about this today. I was praying for somebody and we were like, it stinks to come into a rise with a visible boo-boo. Uh, uh, because everybody's going to pray for you. No, do you know what? Because who, and I was like, because there's guys who wants to be vulnerable, right? The, the reality is it costs, it's vulnerability. How does the seed get into the ground? It is broken up. It is cut open. Vulnerability, only the places where it's broken open does the seed penetrate the soil. Vulnerability is the cost. I mean, is this an insane ask? of God? I mean, is this like horribly difficult? What he's, he, here's God with skin on giving the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. And all he asks is what? Open your ears. Ask, open your ears, be vulnerable. That's all he asks. He doesn't ask. It's not a huge ask. I would submit to you nine times out of 10, 99 out of hundred, God's ask is very small. You guys remember Naaman the Syrian? The, he, he was suffering from leprosy, had traveled the entire distance, and, he want, and, and the prophet won't even come out to see him. He's so offended. And then the prophet says, go dip seven times in the Jordan and you'll be healed. And he's so ticked off. He's so ticked off and he won't do it. And his servant's like, just do it for heaven's sake. I mean, you came this whole way. He does it. He gets healed. All he asked was a tiny bit of vulnerability. That's all he asked. He doesn't ask for, a lot of times we want to give great sacrifices. Why? Because there's no vulnerability in great sacrifices because I'm the powerful one. It's vulnerability of saying, I don't understand. Because the knowledge of the secrets of heaven have been given to, not to them, but to you. Whoever has, now this part really offended me. Who are my people? Whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. Part of this, I believe, he's talking about what we see in the parable of the talents we, that Ann talked about last week. But also he's talking about what? What do they have? They have vulnerability. They have openness. They are able to receive the seed. And he said, I'll give you more seed. Remember? And that's, and that's what produces the increase. Whoever does not. This is why I speak to them. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not understand. Again, I've read this my whole life and I came up with various things. The Lord's like, wow, you've got great answers. When God tells you you have great answers, that's usually not a compliment. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? You're like, uh-oh. <laughs> He's like, would you like mine? I'm like, 
sure. He's like, where's that coming from? I'm like, because it looks like it's in quotes. I was like, I don't know. You want to look it up? Sure. I, got, I went to look it up, and it's Deuteronomy 29.4. It's where, remember, that it's, the people of Israel didn't want a relationship with God. They just wanted rules. And so 29 and 30 is where uh, uh, Moses seals the deal. This is a legal contract, the legal covenant that they are going. And he is telling them, the reason we're doing this is because ever since you came out of Egypt, you bunch of idiots, you've been always this. You've been always, if I can remember, though seeing, they do not see, though hearing, they do not hear or understand. All the way along, you've, you've gotten here because you don't want a relationship with me. You just want the goods. And so he says, the reason these people don't hear is because they want the goods. What's, what's the goods they want from Jesus? Food, he, uh, healing, uh, miracles, uh, a good day. at Because uh, uh, the number one sport back then was public speaking. It actually was up till about 100 years ago. Do you know how long the uh, Lincoln-Douglas debates were in 1861? Well... So Stephen Douglas, his was short. He only did, so they would do a speech, a rebuttal, a, a, another speech, and then a rebuttal. And so Stephen Douglas was not very long-winded. He only did two and a half hours. Then Lincoln did three, three and a half. <laughs> and then they came back with another two, two and a half. 30,000, 40,000 people would go by buggy to sit out in the hot sun and listen for eight hours as people are, force one, 20 years. You know, and you're like, what in the world? This was the number one sport. They didn't have TikTok back then, right? <laughs> this is what they did for fun. And so, so people are like, hey, it's a party. Hey, Margaret. Yeah, we came too, right? So they're, they're there for so many different reasons. But guess what? Only the hungry get fed. And so he says, you'll be ever hearing, but never understanding. You'll be ever seeing, but you never perceive. Why? For this people's heart has become callous. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and, and understand with their heart. And this is the part that ticked me off. And turn, and I would heal them. And again, I'm offended. Anybody here read scripture and get offended? Three of us. Awesome. We'll start a society later. No, listen. When you read scripture, pay attention to your heart because it's telling you something. It's like the warning light on your dash. Don't drive over a fence. Oh, it must be deeply spiritual. Or apparently God's wrong. Don't do that. Why? Because it kills vulnerability. Vulnerability is saying, it's, I don't understand. I'm really ticked off, Lord. Help me understand. Every major breakthrough I've had in reading the scriptures is usually started with me being an offense because I'm offended because I'm seeing something. That, you know, one of the things a long time ago, I remember I watched how Jesus takes down the Pharisees. And to me, it feels like UFC. That's right. Get him. I'm like on the ring. Beat him. Beat those Pharisees. And Jesus goes, Peter, if you see me doing something and you do not see love, you're not seeing it correctly. This, so I was like, where is this coming from? This, is, this portion is coming from Isaiah chapter 6, where he, he is having this encounter with God Almighty in the throne room, just like we talked about. In the throne room, God Almighty is coming. And in this place, God is talking amongst himself, saying, who will go for us? Who will reach the people? And Isaiah says, I will. And God says, okay, you're going, but you need to understand the people are not going to hear they're not going to hear. They're not going to get the message. He said, how long? He said, till long after you're dead, they won't get your message, but they will get it eventually. He said, and Isaiah says, I'm good for that. 
So this is the world. He's actually telling them, guys, I am finally here. I'm the fulfillment of what Isaiah said. The word made flesh right in front of you, if you can have eyes to see. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears because they hear. For truly, I tell you, many prophets, Isaiah, and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Okay, he then goes on to explain about the soils. And here I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to land. So let me explain really quickly about the soils, and you will find yourself there. There are four types of soils, right? You guys remember? All right. What was the first one? Hard, right? So we've got hard soil. Hard soil. Why is the ground hard? So in a field, they would just have paths walking through. So why was the ground hard? Well, it, they didn't till it. That's true. They did not break it up. That's absolutely true. And why? Because that path, because people are going to walk over it anyway, right? So what, but why did the ground become hard there? Over and over and over and over and over. So for me, this hard soil, that, that was my heart towards the parable of the sower, right? Because I'd been over it too many times. Oh, uh, you know, I, 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 all this time, I, somebody starts talking about a passage. I'm like, oh, I already know that. Can I receive anything at that point? No. Absolutely not, right? But what can I do with that soil? Till it up. Till it up. Every place in your heart is harvestable. Every place. So what can I do? What happens if it's hard? The soil is present, but I have zero ability to access it. One of the most painful things for me has been seasons of my life where I'm sitting in a, in a service and I'm watching other people have an encounter with God, and I'm not, because my heart is hard, because I'm judging the person at the front, or my neighbor, or myself, right? That is so painful. God is always present at all times, always speaking, but we'll miss it if we're too familiar. What's the second one? He's, what kind of soil? Rocky. So why, why is it rocky soil? Because it has rocks. Stuff coming up, Right? there's no soil, it's rocky. How will I, and it says that it will spring up quickly, but it will wither. Why? Because there's only exterior, nothing internal. Lord really convicted me recently about, recently as like two days ago, um, about that my heart towards healing had moved away from his. I was healing, I was praying for healing for people for a healing to happen. I know that sounds pretty obvious. He said, but you're not praying out of my heart of compassion. So I had an external form, but no internal root. And guess what? When that happens, miracles begin to wither up because the miracles come out of his heart of love, right? It's the same thing. I can hear a word, and if I'm, I hear this all the time. People are like, how do I make it work in my life? And I'm like, ooh, <laughs> you have to be rooted and grounded in him. It has to be about bellying up to the bar of Jesus first. I, I'm not, I can't, you can't take these principles and live them out on your own. Anybody tried to, to live out principles out of the Bible on your own? Wow, that's awesome, isn't it? Doesn't, so, and it, so, but it, the worst part is sometimes it springs up really quickly and it looks like you're working. I'm going to have a 45 minute quiet time every morning <laughs> till day two, Right? because it's not rooted and grounded in him, I'm trying to climb up to heaven. I'm trying to create an external fruit. Third thing, but how can I, how can I make good soil? Take up the rocks. What are the rocks? 
I would say, uh, I would say for me, rocks are me resting on myself, resting on my own. It can also be, for me, it can be a fence, right? Um, so the third thing is what kind of soil? Thorny soil. Guess what? Israel has one of the best climates for producing a great crop of thorns every year. Anybody found that if you weed your garden, you have to weed it next year? Weeds grow up. Anybody here, you walk out of a message, you're like, oh, Jesus, I love you. Sit in the car and get offended at the person next to you. <laughs> you in this life, you will have trouble. You have opportunities to be offended. In this life, you'll have difficulty. But take heart. He has overcome the world. Don't grow weary in doing good. Allow him to weed, weed his, give the weeds to Jesus and you will see that seed bear fruit. But if you just let it go, the seed will not bear fruit all by itself. It will be killed by the weeds of life. It requires you and me to choose to prioritize the seed over the weeds because it says the cares of life. And the final thing is the good and it bears soil. I would say to you, every one of us was made, when God made humanity, what did he say? They are good. You are good soil, but you've got rocks. You've got paths. We've each got thorns being sown by the enemy. But guess what? All of us, can receive the seed through our vulnerability of asking questions, I don't understand, and receive it. And because this is how God deals with us every moment of every day. If we could have the worship team come up. Thank you for your patience, guys. I was trying to get somewhere. Hopefully I got there. Uh, If we could stand. Father, I just ask you right now, Lord, each of us, I feel like as we were hearing this, we, we heard in our hearts about places where we have paths, where we have become overly familiar and unable to receive, places where we have rocks, where we're trying to do it on our own. And there's places where there have, things are just growing up and crowding out the word. But God, we say new and afresh, plow us, <laughs> plow our hearts, oh God, break up our hearts. We can't even do it. Break up our hearts to receive your word, to receive your voice, to receive what you're speaking into us so that we might hear and turn and be healed. We love you, Lord. So we go into worship. Let's let our hearts be open to him. Wow. (laughs) Man, that song just preached the whole message. It's his word. See, his word is not information. It's not just, it's even not even just revelation. It's genetic material that reproduces itself in our lives. It comes with the very power of God to do the will of God. When God speaks, it happens. When he said, let there be light, the fire of God is still going out throughout the whole universe. It never stops. When his word, when we receive his word, it will bear fruit in and of itself. When we receive the seed, we receive it, the power of God comes to fulfill what he has placed in us because he's reproducing his life in us. Oh, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We say, have your way in us. We receive it. Lord, forgive us for being offended, for being familiar, for being blocked off, for trusting ourselves. We say no more. We receive your life for ours.